0: Hello, uh, I'm Dustin Chapel, and this is But Wait There's More, a conversation show about things we're thinking about, things we care about, and things that are important to the life and culture for the people of Legacy Church in Plano, Texas. Today we're going to be talking about the church and mental health. Pause and then we'll, uh, we'll get rolling. Okay, so the church and mental health... Uh, That seems like an easy topic to cover in half an hour. Uh, So, before we get started, I'd love to have each of you introduce yourselves. Tell me a little about you, your families, your professional experience in the mental health field, and what is something you do regularly to maintain your own mental health. And, Anne Marie, I'll have you start.
1: Okay. So, I'm Anne Marie Bowen. I'm a licensed professional counselor. I've been a therapist here in the Plano area for over 20 years and have a private practice here. And, um, just really something that's important to me in my practice is working on integrating um, sound biblical um, and truth with psychological principles and, and just really trying to blend those in my work with clients. I do a lot of work with trauma, um, relational struggles, spiritual struggles, just general personal growth as well as. Typical things people come into counseling with: depression, anxiety, stress, those sorts of things. Um, and I've been married to my husband Brent for 23 years. We have three awesome. teenage kids, and um, as far as my mo- own mental health care <laughs> with three teenage <laughs> so kids, I was going to say, having three
0: <laughs> teenage kids is that is Start that help your mental health? <laughs>
1: um, I see my own counselor is yeah, one, yeah. is one thing that I do, um, and also just have daily. Um, daily disciplines that provide a structure in my life that really um, support values that I have of trying to live a balanced life of Mm -hmm. spiritual, emotional, physical, relational, um, just growth and health in my life overall.
2: Awesome. Thank you so much, Ken. What about you? Uh, I am Dr. Ken McGill, a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been licensed for Close to 25 years. Okay. Uh, I've had the awesome privilege of working with Anne-Marie for about 14 years now. Yeah. Uh, we office right next to each other, um, right in, in Plano here. I am married, been married in, uh, let's see, in November it will be 32 years. I uh, have two wow. children. Uh, our son is 22 years old. Uh, he is a recent college graduate. Uh, and our, our daughter, Marissa, is home with the Lord, and she's been there since 2008. Um I have worked as a psychotherapist in a number of different places with homel- at homeless shelters at a university counseling center, with Azusa Pacific University, uh, behavioral health hospitals for four years. Um, uh, private practice, churches, and uh, and I've I've just my life has been enriched in light of the uh, service that I've had the opportunity to provide yeah. uh, with people in those settings. And one of the things that I do for uh, my mental health is is uh, practice spiritual disciplines. And and Marie kind of mentioned that you know as well. Uh, I love to study the Word of God. Yeah, you know it just helps me because when i am studying the word reading the word i feel god is speaking to me and yeah. then worship is another yeah. one of the disciplines uh, i've been listening to some uh, old 70s uh, music uh, phil kagey andre crouch oh, Kate yeah. green so oh, yeah. those things inspire me and yeah. they help me to hear from god so that when i'm in the office you know that again god is kind of leading and guiding and directing me you know in That's terms great. of uh, what he wants me to share
0: that's great. Well, uh, so for our topic itself, I'd say let's start somewhat broad. Um, so what I, what I'd like to ask first is kind of what has been your professional experience with mental health in the church? I understand you both work um, as mental health professionals. You're both faithfully involved members at Legacy and have been for a long time. Uh, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about... The way that folks who regularly attend church um, feel about the way of what you do. Do uh, you feel like the church—and I say this as like the church at large, and not necessarily just legacy—is supportive of therapy and mental health professionals like yourselves? Or do you feel like there's resistance towards what you do, and has it always been that way?
1: The So— I would say just kind of from my vantage point, currently, I don't see a lot of resistance and generally feel pretty supported Um, and hear that from clients, too. Um, And what I would say is that has not always been the case in my experience. So um, just kind of from my vantage point, I've seen a pretty drastic shift over Mm. probably a 20-year span. Um, When I first started in this field, what what i heard a lot of and saw and experienced myself was a lot of stigma around mm, yeah. mental health is there was this yeah. idea in a lot of church communities that if you're a good christian um and trust the mm. lord you don't get depressed you mm. don't have marriage mm. problems yeah. you don't have addiction yeah. you don't have these things and counselors were seen even christian counselors is kind of enabling like someone yeah. to not be close enough spiritually almost and and that was very frustrating. And I'm grateful to say I don't hear a lot of that anymore. Um, yeah. What I hear probably more, um, and it's not tied to stigma, it's Christians do feel, I hear this in my office, some level of isolation. Um, yeah that they feel like like their christian community mm. doesn't understand like they don't mm, understand yeah. trauma they don't understand addiction yeah. they don't understand why i would be depressed not because they don't care not supportive but almost like they don't know what to say and so then yeah. people end up feeling isolated and and there there can be kind of shame around that but it's it's definitely changed for the better over yeah. time and things like this podcast are supporting that good change. Mm-hmm.
0: good do you ever hear a song I hear like, are there statements kind of like, and I know that I've heard these before, like, so, oh, therapy, that's really great for you. Uh.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, uh, yes, I definitely hear that, get that. Like, that's okay. You do your thing. Yeah. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, our cult, yeah. And that kind of our culture can be accepting of that. But, um, yeah, it's, yes. That in not mean I'm going to take ownership of it myself. No, 100%. 100%. <clears throat> yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, from my end, um, it's been important to me that I worship at places where the churches and the leadership are therapy friendly. Yeah. Uh, and as I think about, you know, the years that I've been licensed, there's actually been only one church in California that probably wasn't as friendly as it could be. Yeah. Uh, but since then, um, their, uh, Legacy Church uh, and a number of churches in Southern Cal, as well as here, that I've worked with, that as I've gotten to know those individuals... Um, They are open. They want you know additional answers because when you think about, uh, we all believe in prayer, but at the same time, um, you know, at times I've found that people within the church or clients that come from the churches need a few more answers, and the science behind psychotherapy helps them to understand. uh, When you read, for example, um, there was one gentleman that I was working with that I am working with a couple. And we, we talked about Ephesians 4.29, let you know, no unwholesome word come out of your mouth except that which is helpful for building people up. Yeah. And so I can give him scientific examples as to why he and his wife are kind of going through conflict in light of the fact that he, may, he knows the passage, but we can, right. science and psychotherapy, gives a couple of uh, helpful interventions and answers and insights that will help yeah. him to uh, take it to kind of a different level yeah. in terms of his repairing the relationship and the ruptures there.
0: Yeah no and so I, I ask kind of as a bit of a follow up to that like mm-hmm. um, you having worked with several different churches in this um, do you feel like not just are a lot of the pastors and leaders necessarily friendly towards you know psychotherapy mm-hmm. but um, do you know like I feel like it's unfair of a question to ask what percentage but have many of them also necessarily been involved with that themselves.
2: Yes, I have had some leadership um, yeah. pastors who will come in um, from, and again, in the different settings that I have uh, worked with, and behavioral health hospitals, and private practice, and um, you know, I think that they, like Anne Marie said, that you know, there's some challenges that they may have if there's I'm feeling low, I'm feeling blue, you know, uh, I can read the Bible and and I can read some scriptures and identify with certain people and passages that yeah. where it seems like people are depressed, but then. What do I do about that? Right. You know, I can pray, but yet I might need a few more insights and, and psychotherapy helps to provide that.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's really helpful. Um uh, I and, and and I'd say this, um, you know, just as a as a human. I think it's fair to say every single one of us has probably experienced some combination of the following, say fear, hmm. anxiety, hurt, anger, helplessness, yeah. shame, loss, grief. Guilt and even just feeling overwhelmed, and I know that list isn't by any means <laughs> exhaustive. Right. Uh, but yeah. um, when 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 I read First Peter five seven, that tells us to cast mm-hmm. all our anxieties on Jesus because He cares for us. Um, and it's it's a little tough because I think it's also fair for those of us who have that relationship with Jesus to to say we've experienced some level of peace and yeah. and healing and restoration and hope in Him. So I guess my question is for for those who don't have. First-hand experience uh, with therapy. How might you help folks reconcile what you do against scriptures' prescription? That's a it's a fun little phrase. Yeah. Uh, scriptures' prescription that Jesus is all we need. Yeah. The so you'll go
1: first. Um, yeah. The so I mean I would start with foundationally. I mean as yeah. you just said, scriptures' mm-hmm. truth. So. When God promises to be near the brokenhearted, that he mm-hmm. is the prince of peace, that he wants mm-hmm. us to cast our cares on him, that is absolute truth, and, and that's a foundation we can build on and need yeah. to build on. So that being said, I think for this is part of the human journey. It's part of our mm-hmm. the journey of any Christ follower. This isn't just for people in a counseling office. I think if most people are honest with themselves, there becomes a question of how. Yeah. Like, how do I cast my cares on God? Yeah. How do I let him be near my broken heart? How do I... Experience the fruits of the Spirit in my life. Like, just, I can't just command myself to feel peace, right? right. And, and so, anyone... so it's not
0: as simple as you just pray and then it's fixed? <laughs> exactly. Unfortunately, yeah. not. Right. right. Yeah. And yeah. so,
1: um, so it's um, for, you know, what I see is that what I find helpful is to think of scripture like mm-hmm. those passages. Mm-hmm. Is an invitation that yeah. god is holding out his hand to me when my heart is broken and saying mm-hmm. like let me be near you that when yeah. i'm yeah. full of stress and anxiety god is there saying cassie cassis on me yeah. and and then you know like we said there's that there can be these real hindrances these real blocks most of which for most of us we're not going to understand yeah that can get in the way of us being able to accept that or even yeah. know how to accept that invitation and yeah. so I, good therapy, definitely the kind of therapy you know I practice in my office. Really, can be a tool and a means to identify what those blocks are. You know, yeah. what's in the way of me receiving what God wants to give me.
0: Yeah, yeah. no, that's great. That's
2: good. Yeah, and and when invited, I'll ask a, a couple or a, the person if I might share a scripture with them. Yeah, and and typically uh, people do want to have their faith respected. You know, when they come into the office, and so. Um, there's again my studies in scripture help helped me to see that uh, in one particular passage, Matthew 10, verse 1 and 8, where yeah. Jesus sends out the 70 disciples, uh, he says, And I want you to go out and heal the sick, uh, raise the dead, and uh, you know, heal lepers and give sight to the blind. Well, I don't know if I can do those other things. You <laughs> yeah. know, but healing the sick is something that I can do, you yeah. know? and I will often, often mention that that word, the Greek word, is therapon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in essence, you know, therapists are actually in the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and so the therapon provides the therapia, you know, the yeah. therapy, and the yeah. outcome hopefully is therapuo or therapeutic. Yeah. So sometimes I'll challenge them to be a therapist themselves because yeah. uh, the word actually means uh, to provide the appropriate care, yeah. attention, help, service minister to yourself but at the same time minister to other individuals and that's something that jesus wants us to do so um and when you think about appropriate care attention and help and so forth those are those are behaviors that you know people come into psychotherapy and need to uh to experience yeah Uh, they certainly need them from uh, a couple if they're in a coupleship or marriage uh, uh reciprocally it's uh, certainly to their kids as well, and then one other, if I might. Uh, yeah, there's another means... passage of scripture um, in Matthew chapter nine, verse thirty-five, where Jesus uh, looked saw people and he had compassion on them because they were yeah. living life as a, as they were sheep without a shepherd. The interesting thing about that word compassion is it is the Greek word splanchnon. Mm-hmm. and uh, the splanchnon is also the medical term for the viscera you know the oh, viscera really? is the the part of our body we think about the trunk you know from yeah. the, the brain stem or uh, down to the to the genitalia. And to the Greeks they realized that look the heart was the seed of the emotions yeah. and if you deal with anything and sometimes we think about emotions coming from you know the uh, internally in the body and sig- sig- sending signals to us that um, tell us and, and give us information that we need to hear hear and heed, When you think about the compassion, we need to be tender with this part of us, you know, the heart, as well as the brain, the mind, the whole body. You know, when you think about genitalia, the sexuality, I know I specialize with people, you know, around sexual health. And so, yeah, we we need to provide the appropriate behaviors as well as tender compassion uh, and psychotherapy and theology blend together. Together, blend those two together well, and and helps us to be able to deliver what we need to deliver to patients. Yeah, now, now, Ken,
0: I want to I want to ask. Or yeah, yeah, by all yeah. means, I want to ask um, a, a kind of a follow up based on something you said. You said you mm-hmm. always uh, try and be respectful, kind of, of of their of of someone's faith in that. Yes. Um, so, how would how would you or, or Emory as well, like, um, from from your own you know faith convictions, mm-hmm. handle those who don't share those faith convictions? Because obviously, your um, your hearts um, are rooted in in scripture and in the theology but at the same time um, I'm sure you find yourselves in situations in which you're like I'm explaining the science but I just want you to know why mm-hmm. um, and and so kind of how does how do you reconcile that maybe not reconcile but how do you handle those situations because you don't necessarily want to be um, um, proselytizing as you're right. as you're as you're communicating and as you're and as you're therapizing right that's not really a word but I'm gonna make it up Um <laughs> But, but but how do you kind of handle that
2: yeah there are um, there's a couple of practical ways but yet um, when I l- read scripture I, actually let me explain the, the one practical way uh, and and some of the ma- materials that I've written cultivating love um, and then they have a number of different subtitles when secret surface choosing change what in preparation for one of those books, or some of them, I uh, looked in the Bible, I looked in the New Testament, and I looked up the definitions of all of the positive words yeah. uh, that are in Scripture, and then all of the not-so-positive words. Yeah. Um, and I compile those, in addition to other words, into a list of positive values yeah. that I'll call the seeds, as well mm. as the negative ones that are the weeds. Yeah. And I will present before people you know, the fact that there are a number of virtues and values that make sense to them, perhaps that they may wish to—that they probably are already currently living by. Yeah. Uh, and so so sometimes— um, I will give, again, with, with the permission, I'll give a definition from Scripture about a principle yeah. or a value or virtue that means something that could be applicable, that could be helpful for them yeah. at that particular juncture. So it's not necessarily a backdoor way into proselytizing, but I think, and, and at times I will share with people, look, you know, this does come from the Bible. I'm not trying to proselytize, yeah. but I think the principle, if practice, could be really helpful yeah. or the elimination of one of those weeds, if you will, character defects. Could also be uh, helpful to their what they're trying to do.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. No, that's helpful. That's helpful. And Emery, do you have anything to add on that?
2: I mean,
1: similarly, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm open about the mm-hmm. fact that I'm a Christian. It's on my website. Um, I work with clients of different faith or no faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that becomes a conversation sometimes, yeah, right. um, for sure. You know, I'll have an agnostic client that comes to see me, and they say, like, I see you're a Christian. That's not my thing, and you know. I'm definitely a hundred percent respectful of yeah. that in terms of I'm not going to be quoting scripture to that person or right. praying with them or um but there's this foundation I also am clear, like I don't divorce myself from my values, from you know, from yeah. truth. And and we know as Christians, God's truth is yeah. truth that heals, it's mm-hmm. it's truth that brings yeah. freedom in our lives. And um and so in, in, uh, they're being exposed to that truth, yeah. whether they're <laughs> whether we're, right. we're right. quoting it as a Bible verse or not. Is, is gotcha. What I would say.
0: Gotcha. No, that's that's mm-hmm. great. That's great. And Thank y'all. I I know I didn't I didn't
1: mm-hmm. prepare y'all for that ahead <laughs> yeah, of time. No, I was just I was just You're curious. The,
0: the, the, another another follow up to that, and something you, um something you were saying, uh, Emery. I was thinking just in terms of um, as we're reconciling those differences between um, what we see in Scripture and and kind of what we see from a therapy perspective. Um, Working with families, you you, never, you invariably are going to work with children, um, and and children are trying to. Um, I, I know from my own children, like <laughs> they want everything to be so black and white, um, and it's so like, well, is it this or is it this? Um, like, if I'm if I'm if I'm coming to therapy, does it mean because I don't need Jesus? Like, um, is the is the way that you handle that relatively similar, um, but just I guess a little bit simplified, or is that ever really a conversation that's had with children
1: the well i don't i don't see children directly okay. so um so i can't speak to that you know from a therapeutic mm-hmm. lens exactly but i, I mean i'll defer mm-hmm. to ken i don't you don't mm-hmm. see ken um kids either though so uh, we may not be the best okay. experts yeah. on okay on no the that's, final answer yeah. On that.
0: well 18, you know, <laughs> yeah no no that's that's <laughs> yeah. fine no i'm just i'm curious because you know i have a, i have a child who's who who attends uh, mm-hmm. therapy as well and so um it's one of those things that i have lots of follow-up conversations with my own child pardon <laughs> um there's some bell bib DeVoe for you. For a moment. <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, there's there there are conversations that I have with my child and um because she'll ask and say, Hey, is this is this a good thing? Is this a mm-hmm. is this a God thing? And, I said, and yeah. I said, by all means, absolutely. Uh and so as we continue, um, scripture tells us to do life in community. Um the early church acts tells us believers mm-hmm. had everything in common. They broke yeah. bread together daily, praying, sharing with anyone as they had need. Uh, Galatians 6.2 encourages us to bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So ideally, the Church should be a place wherein people feel the most safe. Mm-hmm. Um, not always the case. Fellow believers are the most equipped to assist others through the things we've talked about. And personally, as a pastor, I've, I've counseled uh, many people through the kinds of things we've been talking about. I'm mm-hmm. um, not at the, de- the degree to which um, you two do, but, but I also recognize there are times when the matters at hand are beyond... Um, the capacity of your immediate community, mm-hmm. and, and or your pastors. So I'm curious, um, when is it appropriate for someone to seek the assistance of a professional counselor? And, and when they do, mm-hmm. is that an indictment of, of their pastors, or their friends, or their family, or, or even their life groups, and ability to give them appropriate assistance? I know this is something that I've noticed within the Church, that people expect their life mm-hmm. group like, oh, hey, you need to fix this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When, when is it appropriate to say, hey, um, both, both for those that need to attend, and for those that may be in that group, say, "Hey, um, I, I think it's probably time that that you that you seek assistance, and maybe yeah. how, how do we do that in a way that's yeah. um, not so triggering or, or going to get um, folks to be defensive?"
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, I I think it, this is, I mean, a tough question, and yeah. mm-hmm. and it needs to be handled with gentleness and care mm-hmm. and love and. Um, I've been in situations as the therapist where I've had a pastor or a loved one, essentially sort of kind of the unspoken messages. They're kind of handing this person off to me, like fix them. And, and that's never what the body of Christ was meant to be. I mean, I think it, I find it more helpful to think of this instead of like an either or thing is, is a both and Like, so it's not, am I going to get help from my church community or my small group or my pastor, or am I going to go see a counselor? but but they're both have a value in the struggles in our lives and and if someone's seeing Mm -hmm. me and is not plugged into any kind of community and um in the outside world i need to you know on my end need to be okay i'm not your only support system you need it somewhere else so i mean that needs to be balanced but if you look at the um the word psychology um Mm -hmm. in the root of it in greek um it translates into this study of this, the study of this—the study of the soul—is yeah. what it means in Greek, and and so I think of good like psychological care as a form of soul care. Um, yeah. You know, which there you can kind of see the partnership with the church of, of what um, that we have these deeper struggles that in reality, and and these can be ways you might could words this to someone that you're referring for 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 more professional mental health care. I mean, reality is is deeper needs that we have whether those are spiritual or emotional um, oftentimes need to be walked through mm-hmm. with the guidance of another person in slowness and with intentionality and um, and that is what what a therapist is yeah. going you know that's what we do for a living I mean in in addition though I mean there are certain things um, many things within this category but off the top of my head like trauma addiction Mm -hmm. that just honestly are very well researched there are evidence-based practices that people like ken and i have advanced training in that because that's this is our field this is what we do we wouldn't expect every pastor to have that training we sure wouldn't expect every small group leader to have that training and so um it's um that that there's going to be things like that that a therapist is going to be able to provide care for. In this, I would argue in the same way that if someone in your small group has a heart condition, like a physical heart condition, um, not your emotional heart, um, yeah. that you wouldn't try to just treat that in your small group. You would say, right. here's a cardiologist to go <laughs> yeah, see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so and so, yeah. I mean, I, th- I think it's about finding that balance. Um, yeah. You know, the body of Christ is supposed to... Mm. We are to bear one another's burdens. We're to love mm-hmm. each other through our struggles. And sometimes that love can be best expressed in helping you have the full mm-hmm. support that you need around you in your healing.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And, and to hitchhike on what Maria's uh, mentioned, um, you know, I think about the gifts of the spirit, you know, because the, there are many of us who have been given different types of gifts. Uh, I think I may have one called wisdom, knowledge. Uh, when you even think about the Holy Spirit himself, the Holy Spirit yeah. is a comforter, the paraclete. He's yeah. a counselor. Yeah. He will teach and guide and lead. And so so there are some things, um, you know, when we think about people who come into a small group, and by no means is it an indictment upon, you know, the yeah. church or anyone who can't wrestle with some of the bigger problems. I mean, to, to the again, the point that Anne-Marie mentioned— um, you know, we want everyone at home, we can practice oral hygiene, you know, but yet Fair. if we get a uh, pain in our tooth, we may want to go to a dentist. So yeah. if we cut our finger, well then yeah, we can probably get a bandaid, but if it's a deep cut well, and we might need to kind of go into see a medical doctor. Yeah. And the same is true. When we think about personality, uh, we tend to study personality and measure it in a couple of different levels. When I do psych testing, um, the lightest level is where behaviors that cause occasional difficulty. And maybe in the context of the church or small group, we can deal with some of those problems that cause occasional difficulty. But then the next level uh, is uh, dysfunction, and then the the more serious level is impairment. And that's where perhaps maybe if some behavior is not functional, or it even kind of pushes all the way out to impairing a person's ability to do their job, to live their life according to values and practices and be productive and so forth, then that's when it might be good to kind of see... Uh, someone who might be trained and skilled, you know, in psychotherapy or at least uh, mental health. So,
0: so as you as you get to those levels, and I know it's mm-hmm. not you know our, our skill set to be able to diagnose that or see that, but like, um, how does um, how does an individual or maybe or maybe a couple or in in relationship mm-hmm. um, understand? Hey, I'm I'm at level one mm-hmm. um, versus hey, I'm 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 all the way to level three. I'm in I'm in we're at an impairment. Yeah. Um, this is, is this something that we can kind of work through and we can kind of talk through with friends? Or is this something that, oh, wow, we're, we're dealing with bigger issues like codependency or something like that, that really need to be addressed?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, when you look at Romans seven and you see the words of Paul and he says, Hey, the things that I don't want to do, I keep on doing. The things that I should be doing, I don't do those things. You yeah. know, it, it speaks to the war within the mind and the soul. And yeah. so to some degree, if, if a person is self-sabotaging their self or their marriage or their relationship, uh, there's a desire to kind of do better, but yet there just yeah. may not be the know-how. So that's when uh, it would be great to kind of at least maybe consult with the person or encourage them to seek out a psychotherapist okay. uh, to help them to become... Uh, not only less sabotaging, but yet more fruitful in yeah, their Yeah,
0: I, I think that's really helpful, mm-hmm. um, kind of finding when you find yourself in that self-sabotage situation, or mm-hmm. um, now now as that relates to marriages, and, and I, mm-hmm. this is something that I've seen from a pastoral side, um, when it becomes a he said, she said, yeah. I'm like, well, no, you're the one that's self-sabotaging, <laughs> or I'm the one that's I was like, it's not me, it's definitely mm-hmm. you. Um, at, at, at what point is that saying, hey, you know what, um, should we go? now mm-hmm. um is it is there a time when it's too early um to to engage a therapist mm-hmm. in that in that kind of conversation or is it saying like you know what it's probably good to go and get a checkup
2: mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: i mean i i would say it's not too early yeah. um, the, right. it, it, and, and because it's it particularly i mean relationally mm-hmm. we can get uh, um so stuck in patterns, um, yeah. and and those tend to only get more ingrained over mm-hmm. time. I mean, there's neuroscience around this, and in terms of neural pathways being developed. And yeah. if we wanted to get really complex, but but just in practicality, I mean. We get in habits, and yeah. the sooner you intervene yeah. Yeah. in those habits, yeah. the better, and, and the easier they are it's to great. break, yeah. and, and some that preventative care even, um, you know, before this is a bigger problem, can we get ahead of it, um, yeah. can be very beneficial. Yeah.
2: I mean, you say that. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, was gonna say I was just going to say that, say that uh, I think 1 Corinthians talks about uh, the fact that we are uh, builders. Oikodomeo is yes. the word, the Greek word, and so uh, we are architects, and God wants us to be able to build a house... Uh, with him, with his help, I, and again, you know, think about uh, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, you know, yeah. the, and that the, the the half of the book that I wrote, Choosing Change, is based on the two scriptures uh, toward the end of, the, uh, mm-hmm. of that uh, uh, sermon. Um, the person who does these things is like the person who builds their house on the rock, and when the winds blow, the rains come down, or the waters rise, they're going to be solid. So you know, helping people to be able to walk through the house and all the things that happen and in particular rooms the primary bedroom husband and wife the kids room what do we do in terms of parenting uh, the living room dining room people that we interact with you know a family or extended family we want to help people to be able to be successful and to build and to accomplish not only just what scripture wants you know at least encourages us to do but to integrate, you know, as Anne-Marie had mentioned, other good, sound clinical practices that will help you to be more successful um, more frequently than occasionally, or maybe even, um, again, less-,
0: so, less so, if, so if I'm hearing this correctly, um, in, in some ways, I mean, we are, we're implementing practices in the same way that we would implement diet and exercise to help yeah. take care of our bodies. Yes. Um, we're, we're using these disciplines, we're using these practices mm-hmm in order to set ourselves up for success. So that, for example, if we're not you know, minding our diet and exercise and we go and play a game of pickup basketball, we <laughs> can find ourselves getting hurt pretty easily. Right. Um, or, you know, Anne Marie, I know you're a runner. You can, If somebody doesn't train for a marathon and they go yeah. run a marathon, I don't <laughs> think things are going to turn out too well for them. Correct. Um, yeah. But so in this instance, we're saying, hey, there's some practices, there's some principles that we can kind of follow that allow us to be a little bit more successful just doing the things that, that that take home so before we get to what would be a deep cut like you said or mm-hmm. um, we get to trauma and um, that's a whole nother topic for another day yeah. because I when I first started my own therapy journey like I, I thought trauma was a was a word for um, very very serious things and I was like no no I, I haven't mm-hmm. been through trauma like that's um, and, and my therapist was like no you have mm-hmm. it's a real thing yes um, and so that's really helpful to kind of have that that point mm-hmm. of clarification. Um, so in a moment, I, I, I do want to talk a little bit more about my own story because I do think it's helpful um, for those who, um, I, I know folks have some familiarity with kind of things that I've kind of gone through, but at the same time, um, I think it's helpful in, in talking about what therapy has done and, and been helpful for me and what it is and what it isn't, mm-hmm. at least in my own experience. But before I do, um, I kind of want to ask you all and, and defer and say, um, what might each of you say to those who might be on the fence, uh, to those who may be considering therapy or may be unsure Mm -hmm. about whether they they should engage.
2: Yeah, um, I I go back to that passage in Matthew 10 where Jesus sent the uh, 70 disciples out. All of those individuals had different functions and different roles and uh, responsibilities. Um, and I think embedded in that scripture is that Jesus wants people to receive the people who have different gifts as well as abilities, uh, and to live in consultation with them. Yeah. Um, if if you talk, or if you come upon someone, and you're you're talking, and you may uh, identify, boy, this is a challenging area of my life. Never looked at it before, but in the presence of maybe someone. Who not only has theology, a theological background, Christian, but also sound psychological. It could be really helpful to yeah. get some insights from that person about something that one has been uh, struggling with for for a good long time in their life. So yeah, that's great.
1: That yeah, I mean, I to someone on the fence. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. <laughs> um, <laughs> so disclaimer there, but you know what? I'm not just biased because I'm a therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. biased because I see a therapist yeah. and um and What I would say is on the surface, I mean, if you think about it logically, like, I've been a Christian a long time, I grew up in the church, I've been in this field a very long time, I'm well educated on psychological principles, I stay well educated, I have advanced training and certification and all of that. And so on the surface, I think we could say, well, like, what's another counselor going to tell me that I don't yeah. either already know or can't yeah. learn myself? Yeah. And so on the surface, we would say, well, what's what would even be the point of me seeing a counselor? And what I can tell you is that having someone walk alongside us yeah. as a guide can yeah. just enlighten and bring um Healing and growth to our lives in ways we just can't can't, simply can't do on our own. I mean that there is we all have blind spots, we all have hindrances. Um, There's a um, something that has kind of been pervasive in church history, but been I think lost sort of in Western modern um, church world is this idea that we actually know God, have Mm -hmm. the capacity to know God deeper, Mm -hmm. the deeper we know ourselves. And if it's okay, I'm gonna read a couple of quotes that kind of support that. Um, Teresa of Avila, she was a nun in the 1500s in Spain, and in her book, The Interior Castle, she um, Mm. said, she made the statement that almost all problems in the spiritual life um, stem from a lack of Mm. self-knowledge, which is a pretty extreme situation, or I mean, it's an extreme statement, right? And um, and then Augustine in Confessions, his famous book, Confessions, Mm -hmm. um, asked the question, how can you draw close to God when you are so far from your own self? Yeah. And to yep. me, both of those statements are very counterintuitive, um, and there's a lot of mystery in that. Like, what, you know, what's that even saying? Like, I know myself, so I know God. It, it's, um, but what I can say is, from personal experience, um, that the deeper I come to know myself, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and what I mean by that is really understanding who God made me to be, yeah understand how I've been wounded and hurt by living in a fallen world, which is going to include understanding my own sin, my own suffering, my own um, areas of woundedness. Um, The the deeper I know those things, that has only enhanced my connection to and love for God. And so, I mean, kind of coming back to that idea, this is really what we mean by Mm. psychology being soul care. And um, so to someone on the fence, what I would say is... um, honestly whether or not you're in crisis um, therapy can be a legitimate and I think very valuable means of Absolutely. just spiritual formation yeah, yeah. Um, that I would say to anyone interested in just their own personal growth and mm-hmm. healing yeah might as well give it a try and mm-hmm. and I would kind of add to that I mean that we live in such an individualized culture. Mm-hmm. The church, yeah. modern church—I'm not saying legacy, but—but—but—but mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but, but, but church has bought into that too, yeah. And, yeah. and this idea that I can do it on my own, and that's—they—I think therapy can be a way to sort of push against that and say, yeah. no, I need help, and God never intended yes. for me to grow Curious on my all. own, to heal on my own, and yeah. to figure out life on my own, and, and therapy can be a means to yeah. to support. That.
0: I think that's so helpful. Like, I think just that, that statement you said, like, we, there's a part of us, like, every every one of us is wounded in some way. Every one of us has experienced mm-hmm. hurt. Every one, every one of us is carrying something. I mean, we we traditionally just call it baggage, but I mean, there's... There, well, there we live are, in a broken <laughs> world. Yeah. The world right. is not as yeah. it should be, and yeah. so of course yeah. we're going to get wounded. Yeah, yeah. but but I think, I think sometimes the pace of life, mm-hmm. we, we find ourselves just going, 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 like, you know what? That's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal. And and it shows up even years later in ways that can affect relationships that really matter to us. And so I, I really appreciate um, I think those quotes are really helpful too. But just mm-hmm. just kind of your perspective, not just as a therapist, but also someone who's been in therapy. I think that's really really great. Um, and and like I said, that that kind of sets me up. Um, um, and this is this is my time to get personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and I, I kind of shared with you too before. Um, There were so many times I went back to the drawing board when it came to kind of preparing for this podcast because I started my own journey in therapy about three years ago and I found myself going through um, what ultimately was an unexpected divorce and left me anxious and hurting and feeling completely broken in the wake of my own grief and loss. Um, Something that had never happened to me before, my anxiety became crippling. Uh, No matter how much I stayed awake at night and prayed, I couldn't seem to find the peace or the resolve that I was so desperately seeking, yes. and, and and so for a guy who who hadn't, and this is probably an indication of a problem here, I hadn't <laughs> cried out lied, loud, but maybe a handful of times in a decade. Yeah, it became a nightly occurrence, and yeah. everything I thought I knew was changing. And as much as everybody who who loved me was was available to me and wanted me to help, you know, this reminds me of something you said earlier in the podcast, there, Emery. Um, um, the people I trusted most just couldn't seem to to help me, that they didn't understand. They loved me well, they reached out, they checked in. I don't know if I've ever had as many people praying for me Mm -hmm. as I did in that season, but I still felt alone. Mm -hmm. Um, And and truthfully, I was hesitant to start therapy, because I thought, in my own own heart, it represented a lack of faith, Mm -hmm. or a lack of trust in God on my part. And I didn't know why my prayers weren't being answered, and God, like, why aren't you doing this? And so I wrestled even with my own fitness to be a pastor, because I said, how, how can I serve and lead others and, and, and pour out to others if, if I can't even handle my own grief and my own guilt? Um, but, um, and I, I love that this is kind of what you said earlier, um, it happened in concert with people who said, you know what, I, I still think this is good. And they loved me yeah. towards it. Mm-hmm. They loved me towards it. And and so, and I wanted it to work right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yay. One um, session. <laughs> one
1: session. We're, yeah, one <laughs> session, we're done, <laughs> man. Um,
0: mm-hmm. And I, I wanted it to justify my feelings and, mm. and it didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it didn't fix me. It, yeah. it, it didn't make me better right away. And it, and it didn't, um, it, it didn't absolve me of my own responsibility to examine myself. Mm, right and the ways in which God might be using my brokenness mm-hmm. uh, to be more like Him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what therapy did provide me with was an honest opportunity for what you said, self-reflection, yeah. uh, a greater sense of self-awareness, a yeah. Yeah. Uh, steady reminder that Jesus was with me in the midst of my hurt. This is something that was so powerful we, we experienced just uh, a little while ago as a church, mm-hmm um, with our lament service. And, Mm -hmm. um, it was so encouraging just to be in a room full of people that all carried their own individual hurt and said, you know what, we're just going to sit in this for a minute. Mm -hmm. And three years ago, you asked me to do that. I'd be like, uh, (laughs) Um, but, um, that time in self-reflection kind of revealed, I tried too hard to do things on my own in that hyper individualized way. You know, I, I, I depended on myself when I needed to cast my anxieties Um, and my fears and my guilt and my grief and my hurt and Mm -hmm. all the other things with which I was struggling on Jesus, he cared for me and he always had. Um, I just kind of lost sight of that and really of him. I I came to realize... Mm -hmm how desperately I needed to be vulnerable before Jesus, ouch, um, yes. <laughs> because my fear of vulnerability, which I still very much have, had kept me from experiencing His grace in ways in which I'd really walled myself against. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to understand acknowledging my weakness and my brokenness before Him is not a response to my situational relational trauma as much as it is the posture I needed to maintain so that the confidence that I had was in, in mm-hmm. the Lord and not in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to say, is this something my therapist told me? And <laughs> nope, <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. Um, it's and it's really taken me three years to get to yeah. this point, and I'm not I'm not there yet, and I don't know if I ever will be. I, mm-hmm. I think while my initial reason, which was kind of acute trauma, mm-hmm. as I now understand mm-hmm. it, was was mm-hmm. my reason for going to therapy. Um, now I'm in this place where I understand it's just helpful to have somebody to walk alongside. Absolutely, and yeah. it's something that like now it's. I don't know if it's preventive. It's to the point where it's preventative, or or if it's still mm-hmm. in response. But it's something that I'm probably going to maintain mm-hmm. the rest of my mm-hmm. life because it's 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 helpful. I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not dumping on people. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand yeah. what healthy relational dynamics look like, and um, I understand it's also not a magic fix, but it's a tool that's helping me constantly mm-hmm. look at myself. Again, goodness, yeah. self awareness, right? <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> right. Uh, but the ways in which I reflect Christ's To others around me so that I might depend more fully on him. Mm -hmm. Um, This is important for you to hear, therapy is not Jesus, Um, Mm -hmm. and goodness, um, I need Jesus now as much as I've ever needed him. Mm -hmm. And it didn't fix me, um, but it continues to be a tool that helps me better understand Mm -hmm. myself Mm -hmm. and gain a greater appreciation for Jesus's grace and love in the light of my own shortcomings. Mm -hmm. And so I say all that to Mm -hmm. say, for those of you on the fence, Attending therapy helped me trust more in Jesus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and less on myself. Yeah. Uh, And if God leads you to it, I pray He uses it to do the same for you. Um. Thank y'all. Um. It's been super helpful. Um. I realize I just like bore my soul in front of a couple therapists, and that's a whole thing. Um. Process that process that one afterward. Um. But at the same time, uh, thank y'all so much. Um. I appreciate your time. I know it's valuable. Um, but I think that uh, the things that y'all have both shared um, are really, really helpful, and I think are really helpful for people to understand in terms of what, what therapy is, what it isn't. And, and I would love to um, continue this conversation at another point to kind of yeah. get into mm-hmm. to more of it. Uh, Ken, I, I loved— um how readily you answered with scripture and all these instances I I know you have degrees and I know you have this and you have this but mm-hmm. your response is not well this book says this and this book says this it's like no the book says this yeah. um and so I really appreciate that and Emer and just I I really appreciate you um sharing your experience and having having been within um, that yourself like um I think it, says, Hey, I'm bought into the very thing that I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't just, I don't just do it for a living, but I understand its value in my own life. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I may know the things, but, um, it doesn't absolve me from that. So, um, in the meantime, I uh, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for oh, being a part of this. Yeah. this. Um, yes, this absolutely. has been, uh, but wait, there's more and we will see you next time.